Wouldn't it be great if we had one of those like cool voices introducing each podcast episode like, welcome to Jilly Talks. I think that works. Let's get started. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Jilly Talks. It has been a long time. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, really excited, not because I'm back doing an episode, but because of who my guest is. Um, just a couple of days ago, actually, I, I kind of came up with the idea that I wanted to, um, you know, feature teachers and, and, and see how life is going for them as teachers and kind of find out where their passion for teaching came from. Also, how they're kind of adapting to this new way of doing school. And uh, personally or selfishly, when I put out this request, I was really hoping that this individual would say yes to me. Uh, so when she volunteered her name, I was really, really excited. Now, to introduce our guest, um, I only had her as a teacher for one year because in my last year of high school, I switched high schools. I went from Richelieu Valley High School to McDonald Cartier High School, which now is heritage because both of those schools combined. So I guess I'm officially a real heritage person. Um, but, but this teacher was my drama teacher for one year. Now, to say that she was an ordinary drama teacher is you know, not completely true. She was beyond just a normal teacher. She was one of those teachers, if I were to describe her, she would the per- be the person that you would expect to show up at your high school parties. Now, she didn't, just in, case any, in case any administration person is listening, she did not show up to any parties, but she would be that person who would fit in well with all of students. Um, one of the, the things that I find funny about high school days is oftentimes kids get names given to them uh, by students for being picked on or whatever it may be, a nickname sticks. Well, in my case, the nickname that stuck with me the longest actually came from this teacher. Uh, and it was a pretty interesting story where, where she found out that I went to church and then eventually began to call me churchy. And it stuck, and uh, I'm thankful for it. But beyond a teacher, she actually has become a friend of mine. And, uh, and we talk on, uh, on social media quite often. I love listening to her complain about life. And, uh, and all the things that are happening. And so I'm excited to have with me today, Miss Natalie Small. Miss Small, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. When you put out the invitation in within seconds, I was like, me, 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 pick me. Yes, I, you know, <laughs> so it, I, it, it I, didn't take much, uh, it didn't take much uh, convincing. You know, the truth is, Miss Small, I, in, in everywhere that I've traveled as a communicator these days, over the past few years, um, your name is very popular. Uh, it comes up a lot in my talks. I mention you quite often. Um, people always want to hear more stories about Churchy and how that name came about. Uh, I, I leave out the part where I would steal your water bottle on a daily basis. Say uh, every, it. Every drama class. Say but, it. But, uh, but I talk about you often. And I, and I say this with, with you know, absolute truth in my heart. Um, you, beyond just being a drama teacher, have, have been somebody who's impacted me as a person. And uh, just genuinely thankful for who you are, your realness, like just who you are as a person is not somebody who's willing to toe the line. You are, you are going to be who you are, which is what I, and I know a lot of other students appreciate about you. Well, it's funny because in this online virtual world, I have uh, two technicians with me in my English class to help some of the weaker kids. And one of the technicians, she's like two years older than me, she's 57. She said to me, I love your class. 
she goes, you are the only one who knows what real talk is. Like, there's no like, um, you know, tiptoeing around a kid. It's like, I'm this kid, where's Eric? Where's Eric? Like every day, where's Eric? So I made a meme and <laughs> it's like, uh, it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You know, the meme of Samuel L. Jackson where he's like, got that mean face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it's, where's Eric? You oh, know, so. so awesome. well, and you, you know what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kids want real. Kids want real. Kids Absolutely. need real. And they need to hear, they need to hear, like, now it's harder in this day and age with all the anxiety-ridden um, girls and boys, not just girls. Um, but someone needs to take these people aside and say, dude, you know, like, it's just calm down. There's there's yeah. nothing to have anxiety about, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. And, you know, it's funny when I look at social media, specifically your social media the amount of former students that you are connected to and how many of them uh, genuinely appreciate you to this day. I think it comes from that realness and your willingness to be, um, you know, honest with them and call them on things like true story. Like you are the only teacher to stop me from going to a soccer game in my life. And the reason why is because it was during the teacher strikes in our last year of high school and uh, there was some kind of mix up somewhere and you were saying, nope, I'm not letting you go. So me and Christopher Scalzo couldn't go to a soccer game um, because you, you know, held true to what your convictions were. Oh, I remember it was the, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, oh, now it was the uh, ECA band, the extracurricular band. Yes. yes. And none of us, I didn't do the bomb that year. Uh, yeah. And uh, the sports department decided they were still going to put on all the sports. And I was like, no. No fucking way, man. I'm not getting my money cut or I'm not going to, you know, like, what about the artists? If they have to suffer, why should, uh, you know, Mike Black or whoever ran that game should be holding a game, you know? And actually, Mike came to me uh, a couple of years later and said, you know, like, I'm sorry for going against the ECA band. Now I know where you were coming from. I'm like, dude, if we don't stand up for ourselves, who's gonna? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And, you know, as much as as a uh, 17, 18 year old kid, I was like, why can't I go to sports? Like, I again, it's one of those things that I appreciate about you and, and who you are. Um, but but, but you only learn these lessons, Adam, later in life. You only sure. when you become a parent, when you grow up, when you go on strike, when you're, you know, like wh- how I look at my students at the years I teach them. It's like from grade seven to 11, you're like from 13 to 17. You're like a, if I look at, I can compare you to, I think I might have told you this, like a tomato plant. Mm-hmm. Like you're a hard green tomato. You don't, you don't taste good. You are going to look good. But one day you're going to be in five years, you're going to be that ripe, red, delicious tomato. You're just not there yet, you know? Absolutely. And uh, that's what I, how I look at teenagers that, one day they're going to do great things, but they're, they're, they're not ready yet. They're, they're yeah. still growing, you know? Absolutely. No, I appreciate that. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you a couple of questions today. So um, you've been teaching for a few years now. 32. Um, 32 years. And have you always been at the same school? Always. Always. Wow. Are, are, like in terms of longevity at a school, is that uncommon to be that one school for that long? Uh... In today's day and age, yeah, but when I started, like, there was no reason for me to leave. Like, m- me, most of the teachers you know, 
Yeah. Either they've retired, but yeah, I mean, in 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 McDonald Cartier and RVR's case, um, yeah, it's we're lifers. You know, yeah. you if you don't have a reason to change, like if it's not broken, why why fix it? You know, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I look at the the staff that you guys have at your school, and uh, either they taught me, coached me, or played with me uh, on a basketball team somewhere. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool to see a lot of the same faces. If you go back, it's the same people. But but I want to ask you this question: What when when thinking about a career, what was the reason why you chose being a teacher? Because uh, because I couldn't do anything else with it. my uh, degree in uh, dramatic literature, really. And honestly, they were offering a. I I graduated with um, a BA in dramatic literature. And, uh, you know, toilet paper city, like, what am I going to do with that? So, and, but I saw that McGill was offering a 1G in secondary studies. So it was one more year and I would have got a brevet to teach in the province of Quebec high school. So you needed two teachables, which I had the English, I had the drama because I went to Dawson Professional Theater. So I go, okay, this fits in nicely. And uh, I thought I would do it for five years, 32 years later, uh. like, not only did it become my job, it became my identity. Yeah. Like you will ask me like first describe yourself. The first thing I'm going to say is I'm a teacher before I say human woman, mother, wife, uh, daughter. First thing is teacher, you know? So now I know. A so bit it wasn't your- in the stars until I, uh, I saw this one G I was like, okay, this is what I have to do or else my degree is worthless. Wow. So now let me ask this question then. You you say, I thought maybe five years. What's kept you 32 years? I fell in love with the job. I fell in love with the, I fell in love with the, well, okay. Okay, I'll be honest with you. What I really wanted to be was a stand-up comedian. All right. Honestly, like my, if we're going to go to my dream job, mm-hmm. it was doing stand-up. And what I found was in teaching, it was almost like a stand-up gig. I was, I had an audience. Mm-hmm. I had a stage. I had, uh, you know, I had talent. I had musicians. I had everything that probably Broadway could have given me, but that was that 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 was really a pipe dream. But I really wanted to be a stand-up comic and tell stories. Wow! And this offered me the perfect opportunity to be a storyteller because honestly, I'd say eighty percent of my classes are stories. Wow! All stories, just storytelling. And I still haven't mustered up the guts to write a book. Yeah. But that in the end, that's what I, I want to write a book. Uh, I got to write a book. I got things to say, you know? Well, that's for sure. I agree with that nothing part. important, nothing that's world changing. <laughs> it's just, you know, like how I grew up and it was just as, as, as unorthodox as my teaching, you know? Well, you know, it's funny. I, when you say I got things to say, it's, I, you know, on social media, you have a lot to say. And, uh, <laughs> and sometimes they're, they're, you know, critical comments, you know, and, and, and I can tell that you've taken time to think about some of the things that you say and, and some it's, it's, it flows out of emotion and passion for things. But the thing I think I appreciate about you is that when you make the comments and some people can be offended by your comments because again, you don't care. Uh, about necessarily the, the truth. You care about people, but you care about the truth as well. And and sometimes you communicate your truth 
And, uh, but what I love about you is that when you've discovered yourself to be wrong, you're willing to admit and accept that you are wrong and correct, you know, the way you first originally thought. I will. Yeah. Always. Which I, I appreciate. And I think, you know, sometimes the, the idea of teachers is that it's their way, they're right. And there's no proving them wrong. And I think again right. that, that talks to your, it speaks to your, um, why students would appreciate you because you've been willing to admit in the areas where you were wrong and learn from it, which I appreciate greatly. Well, one of the big things that I got owned with was all lives matter. Mm-hmm. That was a big ownership. Uh, when I was explained to by a millennial, you know, like you're not getting the movement and I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. And then it was like, well, no, because if all lives matter, then once again, black lives don't matter. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, shit, let me look into this. Yeah. And another time was I lost a friend, Tony Ria, one of my old, old, old boys from the mid 90s. Uh, we argued about the looting situation. And, uh, you know, they were saying, yeah, I get it. Black Lives Matter. But this looting needs to stop. And I'm like, if you care more about a couple of TVs than you do about the movement. And he unfriended me. And it really bothered me that he unfriended me and and while he unfriended me, he opened up a catering business and I wanted in. I, I wanted some of that action. And I actually <laughs> apologized to him because I called him a racist and he really got offended by that. And so I inboxed him. I'm like, OK, Tony, can we kiss and make up? And he's like, you really you hurt me by calling me a racist. Like we hashed it out and now we're back. But yes, I do admit when I'm wrong. I really do. Well, I appreciate that. And it's, it's something, again, like, that I, I genuinely love about who you are as a person. So, so you, you become this teacher. You've been there 32 years. You fell in love with the job. It's, it's your identity. Um, when, when kind of picking your, your dream job, you know, I know being a stand-up comedian, but the arts and everything, were there any, like, influences in your life, people that you said, I want to be like this person that kind of made you go in that direction? My high school drama teacher, Mr. Ford, Mr. Val Ford, who died about uh, probably 10, maybe 15 years ago. But uh, when he retired, I I mean, I I popped in a few times in high school to see him. And he was like a stern Sidney Poitier. You know, he was like, you didn't mess with this guy. When I directed the senior play at Centennial, I was, it was Get Smart and it was, um, it was like a, you know, Chaos and Control. Remember that show, Get Smart? It was like an episode and I needed a trench coat for the spy and he would not come to me. He said, you wanted to direct it? You're on your own, like find what you need. And I searched high and low and it was like a hundred bucks to buy one. Anyways, we decided on a suit jacket, no trench coat. And the night of opening night, he said, uh, come in my office. I went in, he's like, Oh, there's something for you behind there. And it was a trench coat. Wow, that's awesome. And I was like, you dog, you <laughs> sly dog. But he died and he, I got a, a phone call one day and uh, it was from, a, I think it was his daughter. And she said, can I drop some stuff off at your, I go, who are you? She said, I'm Val Ford's daughter. And it was all his books oh, wow. and all his notes and all his scripts and he just didn't know who to give it to. I was the only drama teacher he knew. And wow. you know what? A lot of it was old junk. Mm-hmm. Just like my beginning year stuff was old junk, is old junk now. Yeah. But it was just crazy that he he gave it all to me, you know, that he remembered me. Wow. And so he was my idol because I feared him. 
Yeah. Only person I ever feared. And it came from a respect fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting to say, you know, like I know for me, some of my favorite teachers are ones that I respected. And I think I never wanted to disappoint those teachers. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not because I, you know, you know, other teachers, I, you know, I didn't care about or whatever. There was just a, a mutual respect that I, that I felt between myself and those teachers. Actually, two of my favorite teachers are both drama teachers. I, I really, really obviously appreciated you. And the Mr. Pilgrim, who was my drama oh, teacher yeah. at, uh, at RVR. I really enjoyed him. He was another guy who was no nonsense, but he was just a, a fun person. Yeah, I I remember him when we merged and uh, yeah, we shared a classroom for a while and a couple of times I woke him up from his nap and he was like, (laughs) God damn you. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. No, that's good. Okay, so so role models, uh, you know, that one teacher kind of set you on the course. What in your years of teaching and you've had a lot of different students come through your doors. Oh, and uh, by the way, my social media account of kids that I have taught could be five or six thousand but I can't just let anybody in because there's been a couple of crazies and (laughs) too easy too easy to find you know like I keep you if I talk to you regularly like I'm not going to just have a five thousand friend list and just for that like Mm -hmm. everybody I have on my social media honestly I talk to all the time wow that's awesome yeah so it's it's a I think it's like 700 of really close, close knit. We've become friends, you know? And the thing that, you know, that you've done as well for a lot of different students, long after they've left, um, you've tried your very best to help them, you know, gain access to different parts of their life. You know, I know for me, looking at, as a motivational speaker, a high school communicator, um, you got me my first gig at, into a high school where I, I was, had the opportunity to come and, and teach some of the, the leaders at your, your school with, with uh, Ryan Payne. And, and uh, they had their little retreat that they had. And they brought me out to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I remember that. Passed my name along. And, and I've, I've hopped into one of your classes before and, and you know, um, kind of observed. And I'm it. not done with that position where I told you with the juvenile delinquents. Like, <laughs> honestly, we're, we need more men more strong men, more kind men. Um, a lot of kids don't have father uh, father role models, you know. Yeah. And so we're we're. I I personally think the business is dying. Needs men so badly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I remember in, when I was at your school. The I don't know how long he was there after, but it was Jack Adams that was there. Oh, that spent yeah. a lot of time. Who's you know? I, I knew him from when I was a younger younger kid playing basketball with his son. And he's, you know, I still see him. John. Yeah, just like you do on social media. And Jack's just a fantastic human being. But Adam, this is who we need is someone who has the also the spiritual element because like, you know me, I'm not religious, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what make Jack and you who you are because not only are you the realist, like look at Pops from Dans la Rue. Yeah. The guy that went, drove through the streets. Like this guy knew the dirt on all these street kids. He was not... Like I find religious people aren't judgmental. I don't know if it's a stereotype, but you could go into Jack and say, be 13 and say I'm pregnant and there's going to be no judgment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel the same thing about you. And and I just saw a documentary on Pops and, you know, it was the same thing, you know, like a needle hanging out of a a 12 year old's arm and there's no judgment. It's like, take that out and have a hot dog, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
And yeah, I find that that's what we're missing now is not that I believe religion should be taught in school, but we need people who are also spiritual as well as respected and male. Like it's a combo. It, we need very like someone like Jack, like you said, he you're someone who could replace Jack. You know, I, pre- I appreciate that. It, you know, it's I think there is a place for for, like you said, a strong individual who would, you know, come alongside people who are hurting and who are willing to just be a shoulder, to be, you know, ear to listen, you know, that kind of stuff. And not judge. Exactly. And not judge. Exactly. And I, and I think know? that's an important thing. So here's, here's my, my, you know, I have just one question and then one thought that I want you to share at the end. And so over the 32 years that you've been teaching, again, you've had lots of different students, some, some real characters, uh, some, you know, you know, who, who kind of just get through school and never hear from again. But as a teacher, what have over 32 years have you learned? What's the lesson that you've learned that you that when you finish school as a teacher, you're like, I'm so glad I've taught because I learned this. Well, hmm, I learned a lot of things. Uh, I learned, I mean, along the lines of being judgmental, I learned that there's and how and it goes contrary to what the school board or institutionalized education pushes is there is not one rule for everybody mm-hmm. drugs are a cause for expulsion but if i find drugs on a kid and he's one of my boys and i know he has struggles in life i'm not going to walk that kid to the principal you know i'm not i am i'm not there's there's rules and there's professional judgment. And uh, I've learned that there's not one rule for everybody. There's not one due date for everybody. You know, like uh, that kid who has no, you know, no place to, to do his homework because there's nine kids in the house and he can't even afford a red duotang. His mother is out of it. You know, like, well, this is due Friday. But when that kid doesn't give it to me, before I yell and scream and say, you've got a zero, like you, you need to know who you teach. Yeah. You know, and what I've learned is before I can help you, I have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I have to know who you are, where you're coming from. What's your family background? Is there money in the home? Is there violence in the home? Uh, are you mentally all there? Mm-hmm. Uh, before I can, before I can teach you, I have to find, I have to take, the two weeks to find out who you are, two, three yeah. weeks. Oh. And that first two, three weeks is, you know, and you have to know who everybody is. You have to know their name. You have to know something special about them. There's only one group of kids that I really never liked. And that was the mean girl. You know, that mean, pretty girl, that pretty girl who struts her stuff with her two, three, four friends who, you know, turns the, uh, you know what? Take it down a notch, honey, because you're nothing special. <laughs> yeah. I was hotter than you in high school. No, I'm just saying that I don't have time for the mean girl. I don't have for time sure. for mean people, you know, like the, the gorgeous crowd, the beautiful crowd. Like mm. I've always been more of a bum magnet, you know, yeah. I've been more of like the rocker kid, the kid who's alone, who's sitting in the alone in the classroom. I'll be like, come here. What's up? How's it going? You know? Yeah. No one's going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. I just learned that people, you have to know who you're, who you, who you're teaching before you can get through to them. And uh, you need to have a smile and a high for everyone and be like, oh, I like your hair. Oh, you know, notice the changes, you know, 
Because once you have 32 kids in a class and if you could say, oh, I like your nail polish or, you know, a cool band on your shirt. I love that band or who the hell are nine inch nails? Like you, <laughs> they just want to know that you see them. Absolutely. You have to see them. Yeah. And it doesn't. And the mean girls, trust me, they get seen too much. So I tend to not to be nasty, but to make the mean girls know you're nothing special. Mm-hmm. Like in here, like Mr. Nine Inch Nails and you are the same, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so one final question, and I, and I know that sometimes this can leave a little bit more or could require a bit more time. And But I, I really am curious because I, I know, again, the the impact you've had on me and, and quite a few of my friends, you know, we've talked about that, you know, in our private conversations, me and those friends about the impact you've played. And I, and I look back at my life. I always say that if I could go back to one time in my life, it'd be high school because there's things that I wish I did differently. And I wish I lived mm-hmm. better. And I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm thankful that I have a chance to look back and, and realize where I did make mistakes and where I'd like to finish. But, but we all have, right? For Not sure. A hundred percent. So my question to you is when teaching's done for you, you know, when you are no longer Miss Small at the high school, what do you hope your legacy is in the eyes of students and even staff that you've worked with? I think my legacy is already there because I'm so far in. Like the last three years is like now I have four years left after this, 20, June 2025, which is around the corner. That I'm in already the denouement of my career. Like, yeah. I may not ever do another to bomb. I may not. I, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now I'm doing the homeschooling and I really like it. But I think my legacy is already written as she's hilarious. She's fair. She'll cut you breaks. Not because she wants anything, or but she can. And that she she's real. Mm-hmm. And she's kind. Yeah. I got pulled over by a cop twice and both of them were my ex-students. And uh, when they got to the car, it was like, Miss Small. And one of them was like, okay, like we're in the middle of the 30. So just give me your license and your registration. And I was looking at a $400 ticket and he went to his car and he came back and handed it to me. And he said, uh, you were always my favorite teacher in high school. Don't cross the double line again. And I was like, thank you. Um, and then another time I was on a dark dirt road. I was lost. I was almost in tears and a cop. And I'm like, oh, now a cop. Great. You know? Yeah. And the cop came up to my window and it was one of my students. Wow. And he's like, Miss Small. I'm like, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, I probably even if he wasn't one of my students, he would have got me out of there. But we had a chat and he said, you were always so nice to me. And I can't believe you remember my name, Adam Labonte. Mm, I go. Wow don't you have a Vietnamese name to go with it? Because that's all he had on his badge. He's, I said, Truong. And he's like, how the hell do you remember these things? <laughs> and that's it, because I get to know you, you know? So mm-hmm. funny, real, fair, hilarious. I'll go, <laughs> go from funny to hilarious. And uh, yeah, just real, just mm-hmm. real. That's good. Well, you know, Miss, I appreciate you um, taking the time, and and I agree with all of those things that that legacy is there, and and uh, again, it's something that I know that I communicate 
people who have never met you know the kind of person you are because I've talked about you and and I'm, I genuinely believe the things that I say about you. And I'm thankful for the impact that you had on my life. I'm, uh, I'm thankful, mm. thankful for the impact you still have on my life. And, uh, and I, I enjoy some of our private conversations uh, where we challenge each other on things. And, uh, and I, I'm, I know that in 20 years from now, the things that I learned from you today and yesterday are still going to be the things that challenge me in the future. So I appreciate you and all that you've done. And we can thank God for social media because yeah. we wouldn't even be in touch right now. For sure. I mean, the whole first ten decade of my career, you know, when you graduated, you were gone. And yeah. then when uh, Facebook hit in, I don't know what, 05, 06, 07, yeah. then to find all the oldies and say, oh my God. I mean, my some of my students are 47 now, wow. turning 47. Wow. And I'm 55, so there's not much of a year, a lot of difference, you know? Yeah. So, yes, we're going to be together forever till one of us croaks. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And and I guess it's safe to say that 99, 2000, 2000 class is probably your best class ever, right? Best. Oh, 2000? Forget it. The funnest <laughs> will go down in history. I know you all, and you're all son of a bitches. <laughs> and uh, you guys gave me a run for my money. And I, I And the thing is, you could dish it out, but you could also take it, you know, Absolutely. like yeah. the time Scalzo and, and John gave me the three-legged chair. We're ready to watch a scene. <laughs> and they said, come sit here. But it was the chair in the class that had only three legs and I ended oh. up on the floor. Oh, I was man. I was like, you shit. <laughs> but you know what? It was funny. Like, I, I, I probably... They, I probably did something to them that they owed me, you know? Oh, that's great. Well, that was a good one. Well, I know you got to go back to class. and, uh, and so Yeah, I have class. a class very, very soon. Well, I oh, it you. actually started a minute ago. <laughs> well, thank okay, you so much. Go. You have a great day, okay? Bye, dude. Thanks right. for having me. Thank you for being on the show.